we're, that's not representation of real life. And this idea that, oh, poly or swinging, that's a nice thing to try until you want to get serious and have a family, then you better settle down. And, you know, it's okay to do when you're a teenager or in college. But what we're interested in saying is this is actually a new paradigm of family. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 118. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Kamala Devi and Michael. And they have are huge advocates for the sex-positive community and the non-monogamous community, and just... We're grateful that they wanted to come and share their story on the show. Yeah, they've uh, also really big advocates for coming out and living your true authentic self and sort of destigmatizing the shame around that. And that's something that, that we're huge about supporting, even though maybe we're not fully there ourselves. But we we love bringing people on who are willing to do that. So uh, please stick around and listen to their interview. It's fantastic. Kamala Devi also is an author and recently published a new book, Sex Shamans, True Stories of Sacred Sexuality and Awakening. And she will talk a little bit about that towards the end of the interview, but definitely check it out. Um, She also has lots of other amazing books on her website. They also, we'll talk about this in the interview, but they were on the Showtime series Polyamory. Married and Dating. Married and Dating, yes. So you can also check that out. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So we're excited to have them and we're excited to share their story. Before we dive into it, we just have a couple of quick announcements. One, a little bit sad. We're wrap- Focus we're- Fridays is over. It's it well, it's it's on Season one is over. Season one is over. We're in the mid-season break, right? The writers are taking some time off, <laughs> reconnecting with their families. Yeah. yeah. Well, while still doing another show. Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh you may have noticed we published 10 Focus Friday episodes, all on Fridays, of course, but they are also available on our website to download all as in one batch if you want to, or you can, of course, and go listen to them yeah. on the normal podcast player. We just really wanted to say thank you to everybody who helped us put this together, uh, the different contributors who we brought in. We, we had an amazing group of people that helped pull this together. So thank you to all of them for that. And and truly thank you to everybody out there who went and downloaded uh, the series from our website and maybe donated a little bit to support the show. So it would not have been possible without all of you. Yeah. So thank you for that. And we're excited to hopefully do it again this fall and stay tuned for that. Yes. You be on the lookout for season two. Next up is Patreon. So we have our next live video Q&A on April 22nd. We do a 9 p.m. Eastern and a 9 p.m. Pacific uh, Q&A. And a little bit more about that, just so that you have some context, is that we do, it's basically a Zoom group call. And uh, Finn and I show our video, but some people, you whatever you're comfortable with, video or audio um, or neither, if you just want to listen, that's okay too. And it's generally just a conversation and about lots of different topics. You can send us questions ahead of time. People do that. People bring questions. And oftentimes it just turns into a conversation really amongst friends. The people um, have been, a lot of the patrons who've been coming have been in all of them and they really kind of developed great friendships with each other. And so it's it's become a really fantastic community and outlet uh, for people maybe who live in a rural part of the country and, and don't have munches and meet and greets that they can go to. So if you're looking for that type of community, we highly suggest you check it out. Um, you can find all the details on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the giant button that says Patreon, and you'll get all the details for that. And we hope to see you there. And finally, we also want to remind you that you can still get 20% off at My One Condoms using the code NNMPODCAST. And also, if you don't remember, the My One Condoms, they do custom fit condoms. They have 60 sizes. And 
They're awesome. We love their condoms and we highly recommend you check them out too. So go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You can find the link to that on our resources page. While you're on our website, please reach out to us. Send us an email or a voicemail and let us know how we're doing. If you have any suggestions for the show or just want to say hi or want to come on and share your story. We respond to every email, every voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. With that, we hope to hear from you. And let's go talk to Kamala Devi and Michael. Let's go. Uh, Welcome, Kamala Devi and Michael, to the podcast. Thank you for taking some time on your evening to join us. We just learned that we're only like maybe 40 minutes apart by car, but we just learned that tonight. So that's, (laughs) we could have done this in person maybe, but nevertheless, thank you for joining us. We're happy to have you. Yeah. Thank you. Great to, great to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of a a rainy day in San Diego, which is rare. So it's sweet to be in having a little chat with you. (laughs) Yeah, no, perfect. Well, again, thank you and welcome. And um, for, for anybody listening, do you mind introducing each of yourselves and a little bit of background before we dive into the the nuts and bolts. Happy to. Yeah. So we're, um, I'm Michael and Kamala Devi and I met, uh, 18 years ago. We just celebrated our 18th anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We met at a, um, well, I think, uh, you know, just as a, a general background, I want to share that we're best known for um, our appearance. We're um, in the Showtime series, Polyamory, Married and Dating. And so a lot of people who've seen us on TV, <laughs> this is a little opportunity to be behind the scenes. Um, but we started doing media, I would say about five years into our relationship. We were on the Tyra Bank show and Dr. Drew show and doing a lot of media because we wanted to give the world um, healthy role modeling for what non uh, alternatives to monogamy and so yeah, that's what, been a passion of ours. Yeah. And one, one of our biggest passions is really coming out of the closet and the value of, of that Kamala Devi even did a little Ted talk or did not a little Ted talk, <laughs> a big Ted talk <laughs> on, on the value of coming out of the closet about, you know, about our sexuality um, and getting rid of the shame and guilt and fear. Yeah. And that's that. not just being, you know, we're polyamorous, but we're also kinky and uh, queer and, you know, we've been swingers and we've, you know, experimented with different uh, communities and identities. So it's just, just a permission for people to really liberate their love life. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a son, a 13 year old son, and we've kept him in the loop. And he's always known that we're polyamorous and we've always been real honest and open with him. Uh, and that's really fared well for us. Yeah, and to give you a sense of our kind of uh, constellation, we, we'd like to think of um, our intimate ne- network as about, you know, a dozen people who all know about each other and are, are friends and lovers themselves. Um, and we call it the super pod which is actually comes from, <laughs> it comes from dolphins because dolphins, you know, are pods. And then two, two or more pods will come together to feed and have sex and do all of these things. <laughs> and so we, we kind of thought of ourselves as a super pod in that way. Yeah. And that's local, but we also travel a lot and have long distance lovers um, around the world. Mm-hmm. And wow. our basic, basic layout right now. Um, I have one girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, Taina, and uh, we've been together for nine months. Yeah. Um, we've, we've also had lovers that have lived with us for different periods of years, mm-hmm. you know, over the time, to- over time. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Come my, on my, um, I'm in a, a triad, uh, a really deep one for the last four years. And I have other, have a, a girlfriend of, it's going on eight years uh, that we're de-escalating from. So, you know, it's that constant flow of, of lovers coming in closer and going farther and still staying in love. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, how about like back at the beginning when you first met, was it open from uh, the very beginning or how, how did you guys handle that conversation? Yeah. Both of us had realized um, that we were, you know, polyamorous. So we knew we were polyamorous already and in fact, when he asked me to get my number, you know, we were at a tantric event and I said, I'm happy, you know, I'd love to, you know, meet, get to know you, but before I give you my number, I want you to know that I'm 
you know, bisexual and not monogamous. And he was like, even better. And, <laughs> and he took my number. I had just within the past couple of years, I had discovered that I was polyamorous and I'd had a, a my first polyamorous girlfriend was bisexual. And so I didn't know that it was polyamory or the bisexual part that was working for me at that time. But I knew, I knew that I was open mm-hmm. and yeah. And it was, it was interesting. I, I immediately had a connection with Kamala Devi and I got her phone number and another woman came in and I got her phone number. Little did I know that Kamala Devi was in the bathroom getting her number as well <laughs> at that first event. And we all three of us went on separate, you know, dates, you know, not knowing about each other. And then our second date, um, this other woman, Viraja yeah. was, was there uh, we, we, we had a threesome on our second date. So it's like meant to be open from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not many people can say that. Oh yeah. Well, and so, so you had both explored it before coming together as well, right? It sounds like Michael on your behalf, it was somewhat recent, but, uh, on your, on your side, Kamala Debbie, was it, have you been exploring it for a long time? Yeah. I had a sexual awakening in Hawaii. And so that's maybe 25 years ago. And that awakening looked like, uh, like a Kundalini arising. Uh, it was tantric. I, at the time was living in a drumming commune and everybody was sleeping with everyone. So we were polyamorous, but we didn't know the word polyamorous. Um, and I was, a I was lesbian identified, but my primary partner was in a male body. So there was already the gender bending, you know, like he was wearing dresses. I mean, these were wild times. Um, so I, I had all of this awakening, um, but I didn't have any context or any, uh, concept of, of how to live that way. So it took, um, me kind of going, leaving the Island and then seeking teachers and gurus and communities to, to really say what is happening and how do I sequence all this? Cause it's so contrary to the norm. Um, and put me on this lifelong pursuit of what does mastery look like in, in the area of love. So you can definitely tell that we're also spiritual. That's one of the other parts <laughs> yeah. of the Venn diagram. So when we met, it was at a tantric puja, which is a tantra event. Um, and we were poly. So we would say that, you know, Tantra and polyamory were kind of our, our biggest, you know, identifications. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still the case. Uh, we, we really spend a lot of time in the, in the spiritual worlds. Um, I'm also a shamanic practitioner. I do shamanic breath work and, mm-hmm. um, learning about myself that way. So. Yeah. Very cool. Well, so I guess I'm curious when you, when you might, I don't want to say migrated from Hawaii, but when you, when you moved from Hawaii back and out of that community and you had to sort of take, you were practicing non-monogamy in a very, like, you didn't know what it was, right? Like you said, you didn't have a construct to like wrap around it. And then you, you come out of there and now you're trying to do that in the, I hate using the word normal, but like in normal everyday life, you have to try to take that model and fit it back into this society to, to, to yeah, society as it is, was, I guess, what was that shift like? Cause that could be really interesting. Yeah. Here's what I'll share. You know, what, what you're pointing at is how we, it's like right now, Michael's part of the PTA and we, you know, like we're part of like, we're parents and we live in a house, we have a house and we kind of look like the American dream in terms of like, uh, you know, our kid has other parents and we interface with them. Right, <laughs> and, right. Um, the, the experience that we're always having is being in both worlds. Um, but that instead of feeling torn between the two, um, I look at it a little bit like, like I'm Jewish and Lat- Latina. And so, you know, being Mexican Jew had always been partial identities. Um, and so I just kind of came in and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, and even being pansexual, it's like, I like men and women and other. And, you know, so it's this, it's a broadening of the binary into like, um, everything's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, yes, we like, we have certain heterosexual privileges, you know, that are or mon- monogamous privileges. And, and then we, and then we explore beyond that as well. And 
I do understand that there's a lot of people who don't have those privileges and we're trying to, as you are in the show, it's like normalize, give people, you know, broaden people's spectrum and perspective of diversity. But our son has been such a teacher for us. Like kids just really get it. Like the new culture coming in, especially, you know, here in California, (laughs) but the, there's, you know, so much transsexual awareness in the media that kids just get that gender is a spectrum. And with that comes, um, okay. And certain people have two moms and maybe they have three moms or, you know, so I'm, I'm, I guess part of our practice isn't so much fighting against the norm, but including the norm and then transcending it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I like that. And it, and that's, it's, it's very well said. And I think that was what I was trying to kind of like say in not a very eloquent way is you, you came out of a community where it was, it was the norm, right? It was just what you did. And now you're going to the PTA meetings and going to the soccer game and doing the, the, the standard American way, but you also have this whole other piece of you that, that exists and you don't want that to disappear as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we've, we've really taken a stand, a conscious stand for coming out about it, you know, really being open. You know, we were on the show, which, you know, put us all, you know, out and, and several people on the show came out to their parents. We were already out to our parents, so they couldn't, you know, they couldn't out us on the show because <laughs> it had already been already been done, but it, yeah. but it, it's always been really important to us you know, to normalize that. Um, and even the question about having, you know, whether our son was going to be on the show or not, we were always very, um, insistent Mm -hmm. that he be, be there to, you know, to show people. Yeah. This is an important point. Um, we, we chose to do two seasons of this, um, series, this, you know, it's a, docu-series. So it's about our lives. And not only that, they invite the cameras into our bedrooms. So we're willing to show our sexuality. Um, and the lawyers say, you know, Hey, we really want to give people a taste of your real, not the lawyers, the the producers are like, we want to give a transmission of your real life. The lawyers are like, but you can't have kids on a show that has sex. So we can't have your kid in it. Can we just write him out and pretend like you're not parents? And I said, no deal. Like, that's not representation of real life. And this idea that, Oh, poly or swinging, that's a nice thing to try until you want to get serious and have a family, then you better settle down. And, you know, it's okay to do when you're a teenager or in college. But what we're interested in saying is this is actually a new paradigm of family. Like this Mm -hmm. is, this is a paradigm that is a sustainable community structure. And so we were really insistent that our son be, demonstrated so that someday some kid's going to watch the show and say, or some person's going to say, Oh my gosh, that family's like my family. Right. Cause, cause currently what do they see on TV is just monogamy, heteronormative, you know, representation that doesn't, doesn't makes them feel weird. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the people sneaking out of the house with the trench coat on to go to the, you know, to the <laughs> swinger party um, or, you know, or hiding it from work, you know, not letting work know about it because they're afraid that they're, you know, they're going to lose their, their work, which is a, which is a reality for, for some people, but that's changing. It really is normalizing right now. We've, we've seen huge, huge changes, you know, in the past, you know, five years, especially. Yeah. I think it also depends somewhat on where you live in the country, but to, it is changing slowly for sure. Yeah, for sure. We'll have, so obviously your son knows and how did, I mean, that coming out to him, was it just sort of a gradual, like we just never, we're never going to hide it. Right. And it's just, this is the new, this is his normal. So what's there to hide? Yeah, kind of thing? Here's the joke, right? Like we didn't come out to him when he was like tiny and, you know, we always had like lovers and friends and family around. Our joke was at some point he'll be old enough. Well, we'll have to sit him down and say, there are people out in the world that only have one lover for the rest of their life. Like we'll have to come out to him and let him know the rest of the world is monogamous. <laughs> like, this is, you know? And, um, you know, he actually has, so he's so well adjusted. He's super adapted and he, you know, he really feels proud of like, not just, you know, Hey, my family is unique, but a lot of times we'll watch TV shows and he'll be like, this drama wouldn't be happening if they would just come out. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's we funny. To, we used to hold um, a poly potlucks at the house every month and, you know, have groups over. And our son, when he was about five, we had some ants that had come in into the house and he's all, Hey, look, it's a poly potluck. <laughs> the ants. <laughs> <laughs> a swarm of ants. Yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. I think, you know, one, one thing that maybe if you don't mind talking about a little bit is the, you, you said Kamala Debbie that you had a, a sexual awakening when you were in Hawaii and Michael, at some point, right. You, it sounds like you for at least some period of time were in mono, in the monogamous construct. Like what, if you don't mind both talking a little bit about the lead up to that shift and like what, what it looked like and how, like what, what, what brought it on each of you? Yeah. So mine, um, I was definitely in monogamous kind of a uh, serial monogamist, you know, with women for a couple of years, um, you know, two years at a time, sometimes a little bit longer, um, through all of my life until uh, about 20 years ago. And, it was interesting. I was doing some shamanic work with a coach and, um, a voice came to me and said, you're with jealous women. And, you know, I, I heeded it. Um, and when I came back to San Diego, I broke up with my very jealous girlfriend. And soon after I met this uh, bisexual woman who invited another woman into our bed, you know, in, for a threesome, and it was at that point that it really struck me, you know, I was having sex with this other woman and it wasn't just, you know, okay with my, you know, my woman that I loved. It was, it was her idea. You know, she was the one who had set it up and had encouraged it. And, and it just switched something for me where I was like, Oh, okay. This is the way it can be without jealousy. You know, this is, this is the compersion, you know, that, you know, that thing that everybody's, looking for, I didn't even know the word compersion at the time, but, but that's what it was, you know, that's, you know, and, and for me, it was just, okay, that's it. I mean, Michael describes it almost like an enlightenment experience. It was so, so aligned with the soul of who he is. And it was so, and looking back, it's, you know, I'm just amazed that I hadn't figured it out before, you know, (laughs) when I was in, you know, about 20, my high school girlfriend had fallen in love with a, uh, another lifeguard that I lifeguarded with. And, and I loved him. He was a great, great guy. And I had actually set up, we had a, a swapping, uh-huh. you know, and I swapped with his girlfriend and he swapped with my girlfriend on the 4th of July on drunken 4th of July on a, on a boat. Right. And, and it was totally okay with me, but it, it didn't continue on after that. I, I just forgot about it. And, you know, I went off to college and, you know, all of that was, it was just like, forgotten. It was like a latent sense that, <laughs> crumb, that that was your yeah. path. Yeah. And I, and I only recognized it, you know, recently, yeah. you know, looking back at it, it was like, Oh yeah, I was poly at that time. And I just didn't have a context for it. I didn't know that you could do that. Yeah. Was, you know? But, so yeah. I want to, um, I want to, uh, jump off. Like, I'm a little bit nervous to speak this because my edge, this is, this is the piece that most people hear about, Oh, it can be without jealousy or, you know, we can have compersion and they really attach to this idea that like, you know, you're 20 years on the poly path, you must've healed your jealousy. And as a, you know, Latina, I am constantly confronted with the deep jealousy that's in my DNA and in my family of origin heritage. And my parents had a violent divorce that had a lot of jealousy. And so, um, I love the idea of being like, let's, you know, liberate ourselves and just all be in love all the time. But, um, part of my path again and again is falling to my knees and accepting that like my, uh, my capacity to share is, um, is, is challenged. You know, I like, you know, again, have to say, wow, there's a, there's a really possessive part of me that completely, you know, continuously wants to sabotage (laughs) this, this higher self that's blessing and loving and wanting to see Michael in, you know, in these enlightenment experiences. But there's a part of me that's just like, this does not, uh, feel good, like an animal that's like, that's my mate, you know? And so I wanted to voice that because 
many, many times people will see us and they'll hear us and they'll think that, oh, we must just not have that jealousy issue. And it's, um, it's just such a core part of our experience that it has almost become like a family member. It's like we live with jealousy. That's a reality. Yeah. Do you have strategies for how you cope with it? We were just reflecting. Um, Michael's new girlfriend is also Latina. (laughs) And so she and I are both like having these matching pictures and trying to share him. And we were reflecting on it. And one experience that Michael had um, when I, I was lovers with, you may know Reed Mahalko because he's also a relationship rock star. And we were early on in our partnership and Michael was having some um, powerful, like, like envy, you know, I mean, Reed's so, you know, charismatic and he's such a slut and he's so, you know, like such a teacher and, and Michael was expressing insecurity and, and, uh, and, Michael, and this is again, that sex magic. I think it's, it's his love language when he's in the, his erotic energy is high and he gets into that enlightened compressive state. He realized, wow, I could either be jealous of Reed or I can admire him and be like, this is a teacher. This is someone I look up to. This is someone I want to learn from. And so that was a turning point in our relationship in which both Michael and I committed to jealousy as a teacher like when we feel jealousy, it's pointing towards a growth opportunity. Yeah. And in like Reed's case, you know, Reed is such a great guy. And so it was easy for me to say, Hey Reed, what are you doing? Why are you, you know, how are you able to sleep with all of these thousands of people? And, you know, I want some of that too. And Reed's like, Oh, of course, you know, this is what I'm doing, and you know, come with me and, you know, we'll, we'll share, um, together. And so it was kind of changing jealousy into envy you know, and envy being, you know, something that we could share and beyond envy into like allyship and, and brotherhood. And yeah. And, and the, you know, because we've been together so long, Kamala Devi and I, we've kind of tuned that up, even, even that part. And now when she has new lovers and she's excited about them, what I'll do is, is, you know, try and learn about what that lover is doing for her that's jazzing her so much and learning from that so that I can bring that too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's normal. I think it's, you know, it's pretty normal for, you know, a married, an old married couple to have hotter sex with, you know, with their new lovers, you know, that are coming in because all that new relationship energy is, you know, is flowing. And there's some things that we can, that I can learn mm-hmm. from, you know, from her other lovers, you know, what, what are they doing? That's making her so excited about that. You know, I'll try that too, you know, whatever parts I can do. Which also keeps our connection really hot is that we're both willing not only to experience juice and bring it back home, but then to stretch and grow to to continue to be juicy for each other. Yeah. 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 One one of the other things that we do is we're really vulnerable about, um, about if we have like better sex with, you know, with another lover that we're okay, you know, sharing that and knowing that it's okay, mm-hmm. you know, um, like really normalizing for Kamala Devi, you know, she had a, a lover recently who was, you know, she was so hot for just like, like over the moon, <laughs> you know, for this guy. And I didn't just say it was okay. I was like, I'm glad that that's happening for you. I'm really happy that it's happening for you because it's juicing you up. And I expressed that to her and I expressed that to him, mm-hmm. you know, thank you so much for taking such great care of her, you know, getting her so excited. And, you know, by me acknowledging that it, it makes it a lot easier for Kamala Devi to not be afraid to tell me the truth of what's happening in her heart, her heart, Mm -hmm. that she's deeply in love with, Mm -hmm. you know, Harry or, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever, whoever that is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's some, I want to point out the deeper teaching in what Michael's sharing. Cause yes, he's doing it so that he can love all of me and I'm not withholding anything. And there's no, there's no like secrets between us, but the deeper teaching is that he's persistently looking for the positive And he's, he's looking to like, how is this happening for us? as opposed to my Latina like programming, which is like, everything's a threat. <laughs> like who's going to take him away from me. And like, look, you know, so he's literally changed his lens to be instead of, um, 
oh no, you know, from it's from the lack consciousness into the look at the abundance, look at the blessings, look at the, and this is one of the biggest things that we teach, you know, as we work with uh, couples and families and, uh, and, and around the world, we do retreats. It's a, it's a fundamental shift from the personality, which wants from the personalities just needs like trying to see a partner is like, Hey, you're, you're my Santa Claus and I'm going to get my wishes fulfilled from you to the soul and the soul. When we're in the center of the soul, the soul just wants to love and love for and see the person shine, see their highest version. And the biggest difference in all non-monogamous relationships is are you in, you know, your abundance or are you in your lack? Cause if you're in lack, you're in poly agony. <laughs> and if you're in yeah. abundance, then it's like, woohoo, we're having, you know, it's, it's, it's carnival. It's a party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a really great point to, to point out. So thank you. I wanted to circle really quickly. Well, not really quickly. I want to circle <laughs> back to just how out both of you are and how you're trying to be, you know, voices in the community to come out and to be your true authentic selves. You know, it's likely that you have received some pushback in our society. And I wanted to see if you could give any tips for handling that and pushing against that because people who are out there trying to figure out how to come out to their parents or a friend or a sibling or a child, you know, do you have advice for those people that might receive pushback? Mm hmm. One, one thing is to, you know, give them a book, the ethical slut, or uh, have them watch a show like our television show, you know, have the parents, let's, let's say, um, we've had, we've had a lot of people that have come to us and said, Oh yeah, you know, my, my father wasn't accepting of us, of me and my polyamory. But then when he saw the show, he came back to me and was, you know, very accepting because he was able to see that. So that's one kind of surface yeah, it's oftentimes it's a great point because it's ignorance. You know, people are afraid of what they don't know. So when we can yeah. educate the people, and the problem is when we try to educate by like we can sound righteous and now it's polarized if we're coming out and we're trying to educate. But if you can give them the opportunity to learn from someone else, and then they can see you through the lens of like, oh, this is a whole subculture and you're not alone in it, and you know, like. I have, you know, I can learn things. So I like that you brought up the education piece. Um, the, the deepest teaching I have, no matter if you're, whatever your sexual identity, whatever it is that you want to come out about is that if you're looking for acceptance from others, um, and you're like, I, I, I want them to accept me. Um, it's not going to work unless you deeply accept yourself. And when you're totally okay with being kinky, queer, poly, whatever it is, and you're like, this is my lifestyle. This is who I am. I'm totally okay. Then you actually don't need their acceptance. You'd be like, I'm going to inform you. This is who I am, or I'm going to let you know, because it it's relevant, you know, and, and there's no point in telling someone to, for, you know, to whom it's not relevant, but you'd let someone know, but you're not seeking their acceptance. You're like, this is just how it, you know, <laughs> this is how it is. So I invite people to, when they feel like they want to come out because they want to get the support or acceptance to say, Hey, wait, let me actually get support and acceptance from appropriate channels, which is other poly people that get it in a community. And then when I'm so full of that, um, let me come out from a place of security, not insecurity. Yeah. That's good advice. And I yeah. think maybe along with that is the when you roll it out, roll it out. And like you said, in a way you're proud, not as in like, I have something to tell you. I hope, you know, like give it like it's something you're proud of. Right. Yeah. Which is hard be to confident. do. Hard to do if you're scared. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus, plus our culture, you know, it, it is becoming so much more common. You know, we, we have in the media, there's, you know, there's representations of it. Um, I think a lot of people are just ready for it now. You know, it's, it's really not the, the scary thing that it used, used to be. I think it's a lot, it's, I think it's a lot safer. The environment's a lot safer for coming out. Um, and the value of coming out is really great. Um, and, and it's not for everybody. You know, there's certain people that, you know, that, that may be at risk, you know, maybe their parents, you know, won't accept it or their job won't accept it. 
And, you know, we don't, we're not saying that they should come out if, the, if there really is a true risk. But, if, but if, if they look at what that risk is, what is the real risk? What could happen? You know, what's the worst that could happen? Are you gonna get, is it going to be a custody battle, a lawsuit, a job loss? If there's actually something substantial that might, you know, then you right. say, okay, my cost-benefit analysis here is like, it's too expensive. I'm not coming out. No problem. Yeah. Um, but if it's just the fear... If it's really like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to lose their acceptance and that they won't like me anymore, then like, like whose life are you living? You know, it's like, so you lose some friends that don't accept the true you, like good riddance, find some new friends. Yeah. <laughs> I hate and, to simplify it, but. And, and the family, you're, you're usually not going to lose the family. You know, they might be pissed off for a little while, but it comes around. And then the family experience is richer and more authentic. It's not like those superficial meetings where they don't actually know who you are. And you're, and you're, you know, I have seen time and time again where people waited and waited. And when they finally do come out, sure, there might be a shock and a, a few, maybe it's a year even or, or more of like adjustment period. But then after that, you're like, fuck, I would have, wish I would have told them so many years ago because they would have adjusted and we'd be back now. We are better friends than we ever were. Yeah. Yeah. And and a personal like example of it, um, our, like our parents have not wanted, you know, to meet our other paramours, you know, our other lovers. Yeah. They're, they're fine knowing about our lifestyle. Um, and in my mom's case, I'll use my mom Mm -hmm. has met Roxanne and Sharmila and she's fine meeting my lovers, but she's like, I do not want to meet Michael's lovers. That's just the line she draws. And I'm like, good. I respect your boundaries. Um, until Michael <laughs> one day, my, because this woman, his new partner is Latina and my mom is too. Michael basically, um, arranged it, orchestrated it so that his, his girlfriend met my mother and my mother was like, she's a delight, you know, like because of the Spanish and everything. And so, so we broke through that, even that barrier, you know, it's all an evolution. Yeah. And it, and it's really made the family a lot more cohesive. Everybody it just feels better. You know, it just really makes the family unit stronger um, yeah. in, that, in that case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. No, it's, it's fantastic advice. And I know, you know, we've kind of recently gone through some of this as well and the relationships, the people we've told the relationships are much deeper and yeah. stronger and we can be us. And, and that's, you know, it's awesome. And so we can, we can back you up with data points, at least <laughs> two of them. So, um, nice. One, one thing maybe we would like if you would be willing to expand on is maybe that people come in and see that you've been doing this 20 or so years together, 18 years, and that you're in a place that you are today. How, how has life and your non-monogamous journey shifted over the last 18 years? Because one would assume that where you are today isn't where you were on day one. Absolutely. So our journey has been like multiple lifetime incarnations in this one marriage. I mean, there were times when we had single sex, like our, even our agreement field has changed. You know, in the beginning is like, I could see women and not men. And then it was like, um, okay, we're doing this long distance lovers and okay, let's play with, you know, like I said, we went through a period of swinging and group sex and, you know, and, and at different stages, it's all an evolution of what's, what's the true expression of as we're evolving as individuals and we're evolving as couples, what meets our needs. And it's not always evolutions of a straight line. Sometimes it's like, Whoa, back up. We need to really pare down. There was a point in our marriage after living with, um, we had a a live in lover for uh, a couple of years and, and the relationship really just blew up for all of us. Um, it, like exploded, exploded with my jealousy and, and just different dynamics. And that time we're like, okay, we nearly lost our marriage. You know, let's, let's do some deep, deep attachment repair. And so big part of the ups and downs and the ins and the outs has been, what are our highest values? You know, what's really holding us together um, is not 
because obviously in traditional, it's like what's holding us together is the the value took to be exclusively with me, me until death do you part. Like that's not holding us together. We're committed to, and we're really married to love, truth, freedom. We're married to creativity. The both of us are, you know, he's a, he's a multi-instrumentalist and I'm a author and, you know, we support each other's art and it's like, this is what matters. This is what life's about to us. And so we keep coming back to love and then the form is going to change a million times over, but the love is the constant. No, I think that's very well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And it's, and it's all, and it's, you know, thank you for sharing too, that, right. That you've had some times where it wasn't perfect. Right. And that mm-hmm. you, they may be almost like ended the marriage. Right. And I think it's easy for people to see like, Oh, Oh, you, you've written a book about this. You guys teach about this. So it's got you perfect, right? Your teachers, <laughs> they have to do it perfectly. And that that's as much as we'd love that. It's My not- answer to that is that I'm, I'm committed to fucking up so that the world can learn from my mistakes. Perfect. <laughs> well, I think that's humble and we appreciate it. <laughs> one, one of the things that we do, uh, the, the actual nuts and bolts things is uh, we try to date people that are going to, enhance our relationship, you know, me and Kamala Devi. And, and I know that's a pretty broad box. It's really hard to define, but we give each other the benefit of the doubt that, you know, that the lovers that we're with are, you know, are going to do that. You know, we we wouldn't be with them. I wouldn't be with, you know, my lover if, if she wasn't going to be enhancing me, which is going to enhance our, our relationship. Yeah. It's um, a concept of like, it's a, it's a deep discernment around partner selection. And I think that has made the biggest difference who you choose to partner with will, and how they interact with your family. It, it, they can be like so enhancing, or they can be like a toxic weed and to, to really be like, look, you may have fallen in love. You may have mad sexual chemistry, but what is this doing to the ecosystem? And to put the ecosystem first and, and not really having to use like veto power. Like we don't, you really use veto power with each other. Mm-hmm. It's typically, you know, we're both committed to, you know, developing the relationship because we know how much, you know, how much spiritual growth there is in being together for 18 years. Um, and, and longer, you know, what comes with that, it's not worth like messing it up you know, for um, a really hot lay. <laughs> yeah. Or something that, you know, it's, if they're not fitting into our ecosystem, you know, that has lasted for 18 years, then it's, it's not, you know, it's not moving us in the right direction. You know, it's like, it's a path like roots that are like wound together, like all of us. And when we bring somebody in, we want, we want to make sure that they're on that, you know, same direct, direction and path Mm -hmm. and that they respect us as the big trees in the, in the garden, you know, and that they're not parasitic, Mm -hmm. you know, vines or, or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever metaphor Mm -hmm. you want to look at. Yeah. And so, so safe, it's probably safe to say that you aren't relationship anarchists in the sense that you are very much the, your relationship with the two of each other, yourselves as the primary focus. (laughs) For all practical, we're, we're a married couple, um, and we definitely have a strong partnership. Um, the word primary is a very controversial, and we, we we'll, try, save, we'll save that for another show. <laughs> yeah, and, and we try not to use it just because it is so volatile for, for people. Um, but sure. we have what we have, which is, eight, you know, we've been together 18 years. We have a son, you know, a 13-year-old son. You know, these are what could be defined as primary. If but, someone said, Hey, that's a primary relationship. I wouldn't disagree with them, but we don't use that term. The, the term yeah. implies, um, a differential, which is like a differential advantage. Like it's better than, and, and that's not all, like, always the case, you know, like, like tiny, Taina and Michael right now are uh, the sex of life that they're having is better than the sex life that we're having. You know, like in, I might have an intellectual, uh, affair with someone and it's like, Ooh, I'm having, you know, a primary intellectual connection here or spiritual connection here. And so it's not, it's not accurate for us, but that's 
again, it's semantic. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and, and it was a... We're not advocates of relationship anarchy. That's correct. <laughs> okay. No, and it's fine. And I, it was, I knew it was a loaded question, I guess. It was not, not that I was doing it to like trap you or anything. It wasn't the case. It was just, I was curious because, right, you, you talk a lot about sort of the spiritual piece of it and how everybody is sort of moving around in the space. And, and I know, right, there's a lot of people who, who hate the word primary, even if really what they have is that. And that's okay, right? You, everybody can identify however they want. I guess yeah. is, and, yeah. and we're not here to tell anybody who they are, what they are. And we just, I was just curious. So yeah. thank you for sharing. Yeah. Our message, like bottom line is to know the shape of your heart and follow that, you know, not, right. not to follow us, but to follow the authenticity of who you are. Um, Cause that's exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where the, the pleasure and the payoff is. And the right relationship with our other lovers, mm-hmm. you know, that we're, that we're constantly working on that, you know, to, you know, to make that, you know, we hold that sacred, um, that we are in that type of right relationship as it relates to our relationship, mm-hmm. me and Kamala Devi, you know, that, yeah. that the right relationship has to, you know, consider that, you know, we've been together for 18 years and that we have an eight, a 13 year old son, you know, you know, right. So, yeah. Well, and then, it, and in turn, it that will make sure that, that it's the right relationship for that other person, right? If mm-hmm. if it's not safe for them or a good fit for them, it's I mean, it has to work both ways, yeah. right? It's a it's a two way street. There was even a time recent recent time where we were kind of exploring the idea of only having paramours that were in another primary relationship, you know, because it you know it, it seemed like that might be you know might be better fit. Um, but, but that's not a universal thing either. You know, it's like, there is no absolutes, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's all just a matter of, of, of really doing the communication work and really being vulnerable about our hearts Mm -hmm. so that we can know what right relationship is. So I know you guys are on a time crunch, so we want to make sure to give you an opportunity now to, to talk about the books that you have written. Thank you. I'm so excited to be launching, um, first of all, just last month, Sex Shamans came out and it's a compilation of true stories, um, of sacred sexual awakening. Um, so I'm the editor and one of the contributors where we tell, uh, it's, it's great to kind of preview some of it as you were asking about my sexual awakening. Um, I also work for a mystery school. I'm a, uh, lead facilitator for these spiritual sexual shamanic journeys. And we've been doing them around the globe for international school of temple arts. Mm -hmm. And that's in 44 countries. And so as we, you know, expand this, it's really this movement, people who aren't, you know, ready necessarily to dive into a week long, you know, shamanic retreat on the land can get this book and learn the stories of, of, um, 20 other shamans and how they have their awakenings, which then gives people permission to, um, to, to do their own shamanic practices because the book has not just stories, but exercises. And if that's too woo woo, there's, <laughs> yeah, the, for the, there's the also another the book. The, that's she, right. she just published another book called it's, 52 Fridays. That's right. This is an erotic lesbian fiction, and it's 52 really hot, sexy, gender bending, kinky, playful um, fantasies, really. Um, it's, it's about a, a polyamorous director. Um, theater director who has this like bisexual, curious, kinky student that they're, they're pl- they start role-playing, not just in theater, but in their bedroom, um, actually everywhere, but on Fridays. So, um, that's published by Cleese coming out, uh, in, in May. So super excited about that. And both of those. Yeah. Both of them are yeah, uh, Kamala Devi the, under Kamala yeah. or, or available on Amazon as well. Awesome. Great. Well, we'll make sure to put links to both of them in the show notes Great. too, for the episode. Yeah. 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 Is there anything else kind of wrapping things up that either of you wanted to share with the listeners before we let you get along with your evening? What I want for, you know, I'm, I'm delighted that you took the time to listen. My hope is that you come away more inspired to do love your way, like, which is like a direct 
uh, indirect proportion to how well you know yourself. So this idea, like, you know, if, if we inspire different possibilities, um, it's like the work is looking inside and saying, what do I want? What's my truth? And the more you know that, then the clearer you can communicate it and then the clearer you can create it. So we're firm believers of like, you can create and design your life however you want, but it's completely related to how well you know yourself. So, you know, turn the, turn into the mirror and start looking at you as the greatest love and ask yourself like what it is that you want. And, and that you're on the right path as humans, you know, we are group animals Mm -hmm. and we are naturally wired for non-monogamy. You know, we have, we, we live in groups. We're in, we live in cities, we live together, you know, we're like schools of fish, you know, we, (laughs) we need that. And our, our greatest happiness is going to come when we, when we realize who we are, you know, just biologically um, and where we fit you know, into that. Um, and then we do the deep work of, about making that, you know, the right relation, right relationships, but you're on the right path just to be listening to this, you know, and getting knowledge for yourselves, you know, and do more, you know, do more study, you know, just keep studying and go to the workshops, read the books, watch the TV shows. You know, <laughs> all right. that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's great. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy week to sit down and record with us. So yeah, we really we appreciate, appreciate it. it. And all the knowledge you dropped. We And for writing the books. Yes. And the, and the TV show and all the promotion that you yeah. do. I mean, that's, that's awesome. there can't be enough of us out there trying to normalize this. So that's what we're thank trying you. to do, right? So yeah. absolutely. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for the good thank you for the good work. It's yeah. It's great to hear it. Great to be Absolutely. Here. Thank Absolutely. You. Well, we'll let you get along with your evening and have a great night. All right. Good night. Welcome back. And we're back. You're <laughs> supposed to say, and we're back. I can say welcome back. It's still okay. I'm used to you saying, and we're back. Thank you, Kamala, well, Debbie, and Michael. <laughs> and we're back. There it is. Go ahead. No, no. You just wanted me to say that part? Yeah, that's your thing. Thank you. Thank you to Kamala, Debbie, and Michael for reaching out to us and for coming on the show and for being such big promoters for being your true authentic self and living true to yourself. And we think that's amazing. That's what we're trying to do with this podcast, too. So thank you. Thank you. And listeners, please go check out all of her books and all of the work that they do. Uh, It's fantastic. And we highly suggest you take a look. Next week. Next week, we have an interview with Carrie. And this one, you know what? I'm not even going to give it any context. Do you not remember? I do remember, but I don't want to say it because I want them to be surprised. Yeah. It's a dynamic that we have not had on the show before. Right. Let's say that. And we will see you next week for that one. Yes. So come back. But before you come back, maybe reach out to us at (laughs) normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. We hope everyone's staying safe out there and taking care of yourself. We know that things are uh, a little bit unusual, to say the least, at the moment. So we're thinking of all of you, and please take care of yourself and your loved ones. And that's all I have to say, my little PSA at the end. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week.